0: Or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So, on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So, let's get right into it. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. My God, what an episode I have for you today. So, I am hot off my very first. IRL live podcast experience. Okay. So I interviewed Tinks and this was on Thursday. So it was really, really recent. And I did it in celebration of our new launch for Ray Constipation, which if you haven't seen yet, it is First of its kind, harsh, laxative free product that really helps you get regulars. So we, of course, had to have an event to celebrate this for our community. And we did it at HiMat and I interviewed Tinks for it. And it was such a good interview. The conversation was so rich. It kind of went all over the place. We talked about any advice that she would give herself when she was younger, dating advice, confidence, friendship. It kind of went all over the map. And I'm so grateful for Tink's because she was so generous with her answers. She was so funny. Like people were audibly laughing. You'll probably hear it. And then we had a segment at the end for Q&A. So I think you guys will really like this episode. Honestly, to get a little bit personal here, okay? This was my very first time doing a live podcast. And if I think about myself a few years ago, I would be in shock if someone told me that I would have gone and done a live podcast. I used to be someone who was so afraid of public speaking and doing the podcast over and over again, week after week has kind of strengthened that muscle. And it's just, it's really interesting because it shows you that even if you're not good at something from the get-go, it's something that you can get good at with reps. So it's not just, you know, exclusive to podcasting, obviously. It's to do with anything in life. If you feel like you're not strong in a specific area, if you keep getting your reps in and you challenge yourself, you will get better at it. So That's just a little reminder from me to you. It was a very, I don't know, it was such a special experience, not just because we were launching a new product, not just because, you know, I had a really good interview, but also because, you know, there was such good energy from the crowd. And it was just a reminder that I've actually grown a lot as a human being as well. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. But before we dive in, I want to bring you this week's review, which comes to us from, I'm sorry if I'm not getting this name right. I'm going to try my best but I believe it's pronounced Fiorella Pignatural. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. I hate when people butcher my name, but you know, I'm I'm trying my best here. And they say, I can't recommend Sif's podcast enough. Each interview is packed with fascinating insights, whether it's about health or entrepreneurship, beauty, everything. As someone from Costa Rica, a small country, I've found immense value and motivation in the diverse range of topics and industries covered. This podcast has opened my eyes to a world of possibilities. I've gleaned so much wisdom and motivation from the diverse range of topics covered. It's like having a mentor and friend guiding you through various industries. If I could recommend just one podcast, this would be it. Truly a game changer. This is such a sweet review. Thank you so much, Fiorella. I hope that's your first name, but I'm so grateful for this. And you guys, you know, I really like, I cannot tell you how much your reviews mean to me. So if you feel like you have, a second and that the podcast has brought you value, please, please open up the Apple podcast app. Scroll down to the part at the bottom where it says rate and review the show in the rating section. If you feel like I've earned it, please leave me a five-star rating. And in the review section, let me know any feedback, things that you've been loving, guests you've really liked, topics specifically that you enjoy, guest recommendations or requests. I take your reviews very, very seriously, okay? I show up week after week with whatever pointers you've given me in mind so that I can continue to show up as a better and better podcast host for you guys and continue to provide you uh, with as much value as I possibly can. All right, with that, let's welcome Tanks to the Dream Bigger podcast. Hi, you guys. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you guys so much for coming. We are so, so excited that we get to do a live podcast with Tinks to celebrate the launch of our new product, Constipation. So, this is a big moment for us, and we're so excited that all of you guys came and that you could be a part of it, Tinks. Thank you for having me. Thank
1: you guys all for coming. I'm so excited. Oh, sorry. I always think about the Princess Diaries. You know, in the part where she's like, "Princesses sit like this," and I always sit like this. So every time I'm like, "A princesses sit like this." So I'm adjusted now. Let's yeah, let's chat. You're good to go. I'm good to go to talk about constipation. Yeah, we're talking and everything else. Talk
0: shit, you guys. That's what we're doing today. Um, Before we get started, I wanted to take a second to thank our sponsor, Settle. So you guys know that we're a startup, and for us to have options for non-dilutive financing is so important. So we actually use Settle to finance all our inventory for the launch of Constipation. So thank God for them, because we wouldn't be here otherwise. So thank you, Settle. (laughs) Okay, with that, we're just going to kick it off. And the first thing I wanted to do was ask you, what advice would you give to yourself at 25?
1: Oh, my gosh. So I would say, don't worry, first of all, because I was a very worried 25-year-old. I mean, I'm a very worried 33-year-old, but the things that I was worrying about at 25, it just, it kind of all figures itself out. So that's what I would firstly say. I would say stop chasing boys who don't like you because that was a big theme of my 20s was just like actually chasing men who didn't care about me, didn't like me. And the real kicker was that I didn't like them either, but felt like that was the game. And like, I needed to have a boyfriend. I would say keep hanging out with your friends, keep investing in your female friendships because they are the thing that is gonna carry you through and you are going to need those friends and they are gonna need you. Those friendships are the through line. I would say try a little bit harder at work because I wasn't trying that hard at work at that time. And I, I would say maybe do a little bit more skincare because I was I was <laughs> kind of rough on the old skin at that time. There's a lot of like just sleeping in the makeup and you know, having nights of drinking and then just going right on out, yeah. That's what I would say. It
0: turned out okay. It all
1: turns out okay. It really does. Yeah.
0: But I do think that worrying in your 20s, like I remember when I graduated from college, I was constantly panicked that like I didn't know my path. And also I was someone who switched careers a lot to end up where I am. It's crazy the pressure you put on yourself.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I really do think that not to generalize, but I think that a lot of women put so much pressure on themselves in their 20s and it it just adds more stress. Like we have enough stress on uh, on us as women in society. As a young woman, you have so much pressure. And then we add on even more pressure to look a certain way, to get a certain job, to have a certain partner, to, you know, just the optics of everything. It's exhausting. So. it's a lot of stress and it's a lot of worry. And you're still so young at 25. That's crazy. I mean, I feel young now and I'm, you know, however many years older. So at 25, I think it's just about quietening the noise and really like listening and, and paying attention to what makes you feel happy and who makes you feel happy.
0: Have you ever been asked the question, like, Oh, if you could go back and change something, what would you do? Because my answer for that is always I would change nothing.
1: I agree with you. Even though I definitely had some extremely dark periods of my life, it all leads you to where you are going. And if you I'm I'm an optimist, like I I am a person who tries to find meaning in everything for better or worse. And I think when you look back, you realize, oh, I needed to go through those flop eras to get to where I am now. And it, you know, it's. I think it's a good way to be because if, if you're going through a hard time or say you hate your job, something in the job that you hate, you can use in the job that you eventually love. And I know it doesn't feel like that at the time, but it actually always works out that way if you open your eyes and your heart to that way of thinking.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so I want to talk about the hardest thing about getting successful so quickly and so publicly because I think getting successful on the internet with so many people watching, it's it's not easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I first and foremost, I'm, I'm so grateful. I truly feel so lucky that I get to do my dream job and for all the opportunities that I've had from this job. I mean, I, I definitely got really swept up in things. I, I live in LA, like I was an influencer at the height of TikTok influencer culture, I would be lying if I said I didn't get swept up. And you know, the first time that I got invited to a cool party or like a really famous person followed me on Instagram, I was so psyched on that. And it's sometimes it's hard to remember what really matters. And I feel lucky again, that I have those friends that I was talking about from before that really that have stayed with me through everything and were there for when I kind of like woke up and was like, whoa, like, what am I doing? This is an intense LA vibe I'm in right now. And I kind of need to like step away. And, you know, it's very cool to be invited to all those parties, but ultimately sounds cheesy, but that's not what makes you happy.
0: If someone has trouble or has had trouble kind of having those sorts of female friendships and they are looking to start making friends, what advice would you give them?
1: I would I always tell my community and my listeners that vulnerability is like a cheat code to friendship. And I know it can be hard because we've all had experiences where we've been burned by people before, like especially girls. I I get that. But if you are vulnerable, you will get vulnerability back and especially with women that is kind of how we bond. I saw this really heartbreaking TikTok. I don't know if any of you guys saw it. I think it was this week. Or this girl and she was like, "This is why I'm not, you know, oh, that why." Yeah. And like, she was I like, "This yeah. is why I don't I'm not going to make any more fe- any more female friends like or why I'm not trying to be friends with girls." And then she started listing off the reasons and she was like, because the pretty ones, like, they have this and they have that. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So you're categorizing girls into pretty and not pretty girls who have boyfriends and don't have boyfriends. And I was like, hmm, the call is coming from inside the house, girl. <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. But what I wanted to say to her, if I could say something to that that creator, is, like, you are closed off. Like, you're not really being vulnerable and you're not opening yourself up to the incredible power that is female friendships. I mean, I go on and on about it, like, I will not shut up about female friendship. But it's for a reason. It's because it's literally saved my life at some points. In my, and I, I just, there's so much power when women reduce scarcity mindset, and really learn to lean on one another, and really learn to ask each other for help. And we are just now in my opinion, getting to a place where we can do that. And that's why there's so much energy and power around girlhood right now. And it's the year of the woman and Barbie and, you know, Beyonce's tour. Like this is all happening for a reason. It's because we are starting to talk to each other and, and harness that power that we all have. Do
0: you feel like it takes a certain amount of confidence in yourself to kind of let your guard down
1: and like be that vulnerable? I actually don't. I think that you can, one of the things that you can be vulnerable about is not feeling confident. So sometimes sometimes, those have been my biggest bonding points with some of my friends is to be like me going to them and saying i feel so shit about myself this week like i feel like i fucked up at work or i feel really ugly this week or like i'm having trouble dating like you don't have to be confident to be vulnerable and i really think that it's just the openness that can that can bond you with with another another human being
0: I've been obsessed with getting inside my sauna blanket for about like 20 to 30 minutes in the evening, just relaxing. And I do this while watching maybe like a TV show and then getting in the shower, taking a nice warm shower, getting into bed, reading and going to bed. My sleep has never been better. So the sauna blanket that I have is from Boncharge. So Boncharge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adopt ancestral ways of living in our modern day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. Honestly, the list goes on. So as I mentioned, one of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. So the reason I love an infrared sauna blanket is because it does so much. It detoxifies Toxins from your body. So, you know, if you've eaten a certain way, drank, it just helps detoxify all of that. It helps burn calories while you're essentially just relaxing. Also, it for me helps me with my sleep. I mean, what it does to my sleep is pretty incredible. So, sauna blankets work by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise. So, it basically helps you burn calories while you relax, and you can burn up to 600 calories in just one session. Also, sweating helps flush out heavy metals and other toxins. Infrared heat also elevates your heart rate while relaxing and releases endorphins, which can leave you feeling euphoric after your session, which actually explains why I get such a good sleep. So what I love about the Bond Charge blanket is the fact that it heats up really quickly and it's super easy to clean. So you just wipe it down with the damp cloth. It's also sleek and lightweight and it has low EMF compared to other brands. It also has the highest temperature compared to other brands and super simple and quick to set up. It ships worldwide in a super quick amount of time. It has free shipping on every sauna blanket with no hidden costs. There's easy returns and exchanges with 30-day trials. So there's really no risk here. And there's a 12-month warranty. So go to bondcharge.com slash dreambigger and use coupon code dreambigger to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash dreambigger and use coupon code dreambigger to save 15%. Enjoy. Do you know how you can upgrade your home? Get chic and non-toxic cookware. I am telling you, it's a game changer. Now, you have probably heard me go on and on about Caraway on basically every platform, Instagram, TikTok, here. (laughs) And it's because I genuinely cannot get enough of their cookware, okay? So I have the black ones with gold hardware. It is so chic, I cannot even talk about it enough. And also, it's non toxic. So, for me personally, I'm someone who is really, really hyper aware of things in my environment that are going to mess up my hormones. And our cookware, if it's non toxic, is one of those things. And so, my big criteria was that I wanted non toxic cookware that was easy to clean because I've had non toxic cookware now for many years. And every few months, I'd have to replace my cookware because. It would just like degrade because of how difficult it was to clean. It was like a whole mess. Okay. So when I switched to Caraway Home, I was really, really pleasantly surprised by how easy it is to clean. Even Nish is obsessed with it. He actually does a lot of the cleaning after we cook. So he is very grateful. Listen, if you are looking for a Caraway Home pan set, what I would do is hint to someone in your life who you are spending Valentine's Day with, a boyfriend, husband, girlfriend, whoever it is who's looking to spoil you and ask them to get you one of these. OK, honestly, Nish and I love using the pans to cook. It's just a really nice experience to have something in your kitchen, which is easy to use, that makes you feel really good, that there's like no fuss afterwards to clean. And it's not just me, by the way, who loves Caraway Home. Over sixty-five thousand people have rated five stars about their Caraway kitchen pans. So now is the time for you to try it for yourself. Caraway has a code for you guys. Visit CarawayHome.com/slash/dreambigger to take advantage of this limited time offer for ten percent off your next purchase. The deal is exclusive for my listeners. So visit CarawayHome.com/slash/dreambigger or use code Dreambigger at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern.
1: Are you looking for some good, clean positivity? Good. Me neither. I'm Maddie Murphy, and I host The Bad Broadcast, a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we love to hate. I searched my whole life to find my passion. Little did I know I had been practicing my true talent every single day, complaining, complaining, Join me every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show. See you there.
0: So you moved around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about the tangible ways that you were able to kind of make friends and fit into a new city. Because I think when someone moves to a new city, they can put a lot of pressure on themselves and it can be a really tough thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I always say, Moving to a new city, you have to give yourself a year, which sounds like such a big amount of time, but I've moved so many times. And honestly, even if you love it, it takes a full year to get your bearings. It takes a full year to make friends and find your coffee spot and find, you know, figure out the traffic patterns and find your gym and find your community and everything like you have to give it a year. It can be very overwhelming honestly, I don't know if I should say this. But like, the truth is the fastest way to make friends is to go out because like nothing bonds you like a night out with someone. I'm just being honest. I mean, look, you can go the workout class route too. But it might take a little longer it just depends how lucky you are. But no, I think doing what you love, like if you love to run, join a running club. If you love to work out, do that. If you love to go out like me go out, you will meet other friends at the bar who love to drink and have fun.
0: <laughs> I also think saying yes to things more at the beginning. Like we moved to LA, like what, Nish, two, three years ago now, two and a half, whatever. Like it's, it's pretty recent. And at the beginning, you just have to say yes. So much.
1: Yes. A hundred percent. All you need is like one friend. And then they're like, oh, my friend's having a barbecue. Do you want to come? And you're like, just go. Like, even if you're in sweatpants, just throw on an outfit and go, you know, oh, there's some event, even like this one, you know, you're you're in a new city, you see an event, just go, you're going to meet a friend there and then you're going to go to workout class together and it won't be as scary and it builds on itself. So yes, I agree. Say yes.
0: Talk to me about confidence and developing confidence.
1: I think that confidence is such a buzzword right now. And, it, you know, it's on the internet a lot like, oh, you got to be confident, you got to be confident. Building true, deep confidence takes a lot of work, in my opinion. It's not something that anyone can bestow upon you. It's not something that you can buy through buying, I don't know, fancy clothes or whatever. It is to be truly, deeply confident in yourself is to know yourself. And I still work on it. Like I don't even think that I'm fully confident at this point in my life, but I've done certain things um, that that helped me be more confident. I think that, I think that reading makes you more confident. I, I personally have found that it really helps me. I think that being grateful and really practicing gratitude in a really specific and pointed way can help you be more confident. I think doing things that you're good at, whether that's a hobby, whether that's a part of your job and really noticing it and, and saying, Oh no, no, like I'm actually really good at I don't know, presenting at my job. Like I did a really good job on that and really letting yourself feel that and then going to your boss and saying, can I do that again? I, I actually felt really good doing that and really fostering those things that you're good at. I think hanging around with people who make you feel good can build your confidence. Those are those are some things I would say. Practical tips.
0: So. How did you have the confidence to start creating on TikTok and show up as so authentically yourself? Because that was really your superpower and you were kind of doing it before anyone else was. Like people were dancing and it was awesome and so entertaining, but you were like the f- one of the first, really.
1: I honestly wish it was more, th- it was thought out and that I had some strategy. I, I'm gonna be real with you guys. I thought we were all gonna die, like every single person on planet earth. And I was I couldn't get home to my family. I was living alone. I was going absolutely stir crazy. I wasn't seeing anyone. Obviously, none of us were. But I, I was like really isolated because I had just moved to L.A. and I like had two friends and I literally thought we were all going to die. So I, I thought, oh, I don't care what people think of me, which is in a way that's what confidence is. Right. So it was coming from a weird place. But yes, I did. I did have the confidence. I just thought we were all going to be, you know the last of us style eradicated from earth. <laughs>
0: so well, like the next time we're not feeling confident, maybe, maybe that
1: yeah. <laughs> just think about zombies.
0: <laughs> so on that note of confidence, I want to talk about dating. Okay. So this is clearly, it's your forte. Okay. People come to you for dating advice. So I want to ask you about how women can be more open in settings to be approached by men. Like how do you start going on dates? Because I know people are out here like, you know, maybe they're not the most comfortable with dating apps, but what's your approach?
1: Look, I think that dating apps are in a really tough spot right now. Like if you are feeling so fatigued and so fed up with dating apps, you are not alone. I think that they you know, at their start, it was an incredible idea. It was supposed to be a tool that, you know, helps you meet more people. And now we're at a place where it's kind of just like an endless validation cycle. People just want the hit. They just want someone to say, oh, like, yeah, that person thinks I'm hot. Cool. I can go to bed now. I have no intention of talking to them. So where does that leave us? Well, firstly, I think that if you're going to be on the, the apps and look, I am, I do it very intentionally. I don't mindlessly scroll. Like I don't do the thing where it's like on Sunday you're hungover and you wake up and you're like, fuck, I'm single, I gotta go on the abs. I'm like on my couch for 10 hours being like, he's ugly, he's ugly, whatever. I do it for like 10 minutes a day. I go on, I do my swiping, I finish out any conversations and I shut it off again until the next day. It's it's a tool, it's not Instagram, think of it like Uber. You pull it out when you wanna get something, like you wanna date, right? So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, and we were just speaking to this right before we started, I believe there is going to be a massive resurgence of IRL in every realm in, in terms of people doing things, going out, dating. Like, I think that's all coming back because I think we're all collectively exhausted by the internet right now. And people, like, they're, we're remembering before COVID, like, oh, we would actually have more fun offline. online. And I I really believe that people miss that. So when you go out with friends, you know, if you, I, a lot of girls call or write to me and they say, I'm not meeting any guys when I go out. And I'm like, okay, how many girls are you going out with? They're like, I'm just going out with like my closest 14 friends. And I'm like, okay. So you in a small army is like hanging out at the bar and you want some like little brat or Chad to come up to you and tap you on the shoulder and go, hi, can I buy you a drink? Like you look intimidating, even if you don't feel intimidating. So Go pick one friend, uh, go to a bar where you would want to be taken. So like think of a bar where you would love to go on a date and chill, chill at the bar and see with your friend. Maybe someone comes up to you, maybe they won't. But this is your best shot to meet someone while you're out and also have open body language. Like if you're sitting like this at the bar, like head down in your martini, that's giving closed off language. Like smile, look around, like make eye contact with people. But I really do think that we're going more IRL and I'm glad about it. What are your tips for going up to a guy? I really prefer to be direct. Like, I think maybe it's that, that I'm in my 30s and I am actually more confident now, but I think it's just fun to go up and be like, hi, what, how's your night going? And just smile and just see what happens. It's, you know, I don't like a pickup line. Obviously, those are cheesy, but just just kind of go and see, say what up and, and see how it goes. Tips for a first date. I think that first dates are kind of just vibe checks. Like if you have a dog, it's literally the equivalent of a dog sniffing another dog's butts and just being like, what is up? Do we vibe with each other? People put so much pressure on first dates to be these like magical, amazing thing. And and the point is like, it's literally just seeing, do you want to like first date is a great, you know, drinks, whatever, walk, coffee. It's just like, do we want to spend more time together? So I would just say, Think about how you feel when you leave the first date. Like what words would you use to describe your state? Would you be like, wow, I feel really exhausted and I feel really tired and like not funny. Then, okay, you shouldn't go on a second date. If you feel sparkly, if you feel like sexy, if you feel intrigued, then go on a second date. But it's not an interview and it's not a performance. Also very important because I did a lot of that in my 20s.
0: How do you not put pressure on yourself? Because I think... What I take away when you talk about this is that it should still be fun, you know? So how did you start to remove the pressure from yourself? Because you were saying that like, you know, when you were 25, for example, it was something you'd worry about. When did that go away? Was it something you actively
1: worked on? I think part of it is just age and you kind of realize, oh, like whatever version of this you believe in, but like we plan and God laughs and I think that there's so much power in that because I was like I'm such a control freak I'm so anal like I literally need to control everything but then the older I get the more I'm like Ugh! I do all this planning and it doesn't ever pan out that way so you kind of just have to learn that yourself and try to put less pressure on yourself because we try so hard and then it it never pans out how we want anyway so just work hard be nice to people follow your curiosity and have fun
0: what are red flags for you when you first start seeing someone?
1: I I think that, you know, I see a lot of like funny red flags on, you know, social media, like, oh my God, like his, his sheets are ugly or whatever. But I think for me, the red flags are like more internal. Like I really think that especially women don't pay attention enough to how we feel in the early stages of dating. We're so busy analyzing this new like creature in our life that we don't stop and think like, wait, has he asked me like how my job is going? Because I told him it was stressful last week. And like, by the way, he didn't remember like little things like that. Those are actually the really important red flags or say you, you you're you dating someone and they and you come home and you're like, wow, I, like I, I read the most interesting article when I was at work today. And if he's not like. Oh, that's cool. What was it about? If he's like, oh, that's cool, like that. The difference between those two is the difference between you being like super happy twenty years down the line and being super fucking miserable down the twenty years down the line. In my opinion,
0: I saw this TikTok the other day, and it was this guy going off about like you know how women will go home after like a clothing haul or like shopping, even like groceries, and we'll go to our boyfriends. You know what yeah, I'm talking I saw about, it. right? Yeah, yeah. And you're so excited, like. I, I call it my fashion show. So I'll like put everything on and I'll make Nish look and then he'll be like, yeah, I like this one or not. And I feel like your guy has to match your energy.
1: No, that I saw that TikTok too. And then I, some, this creator stitched it and she was like, it's so sad, his response. If you don't know what we're talking about, essentially it was a TikTok where she was showing, what was she showing? Oh, it was a lemon this creator grew like this really crazy lemon and it was like it looked like in an alien it was so cool and she was showing him. she's like oh my god look at this or something and he was like oh like literally grunted and it's like even if you don't care about lemons it's your partner and that should be make you and be enough to make you care and i'm i'm very into that stuff like that that stuff really really matters to me i don't want anybody to grunt at me in the future so i don't know No grunting energy, honestly. Absolutely
0: not. Comes to health and wellness, I am a huge proponent for personalized recommendations, okay? So for me personally, since I started testing and getting really particular about what I needed to optimize my body, I've seen a huge difference because it's allowed me to really hone in on the kind of supplements that I need, what kind of nutrition I need to follow. Just we are so unique, which is why, you know, you can see a TikTok about some health trend that's worked for one person and then you try it and it doesn't really work. It's because there's so much bio-individuality which is why I am so excited to partner with Wild Health. This is the kind of company that the world needs. Wild Health was founded by two emergency room physicians, and it takes a proactive and preventative approach to healthcare called precision medicine. They use your genetics, biometrics, and lifestyle data to help you determine what your body needs as far as nutrition, exercise, sleep, supplements, and more, helping you function at your best, now and in the long run. So if you, for example, struggle with stress, your cortisol levels, which is the primary stress hormone, are probably elevated. 50% of all wild health patients have seen their cortisol levels improve following the health recommendations that were tailored to their unique genetic makeup. Whether you have a specific health goal like weight loss, body composition, or improved energy, or broadly just want to optimize health and prevent disease, Wild Health tailors a care plan with lifestyle-first interventions rather than pills and prescriptions to, in the simplest sense, help you live longer. And I'm not just talking about Lifespan, as in like the number of years that you are on this planet. For me, my goal is health span. And so, doing all of this stuff, like the personalized supplementation and the exercise and the sleep and the nutrition, all of this ensures that my health span is longer, which means that basically I'm on this planet feeling healthier for much longer. Wild Health is generously extending the Dream Bigger podcast listeners 20% off their cost of membership with the code DREAMBIGGER head over to wildhealth.com slash dreambigger and use code dreambigger at checkout. Make this commitment to yourself and start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com slash dreambigger. Enjoy, guys. This one is one that I am so passionate about. probably heard at the beginning of the episode, Zettle very kindly sponsored the launch of our constipation event. And this is very special to us because Settle is a partner that we use at Array, and they have been such a game changing partner for us. So if you're building a consumer brand, whether it's beauty, beverages, whatever it is, chances are you have cash flow top of mind. Even if it's your side hustle, enter Settle. Settle's mission is to empower the CPG economy with financial tools, especially bridging the financing gap for women owned businesses through transparent working capital. They're all about helping brands grow while bringing more women's perspectives, inclusive brands and products to the forefront. Brands like Array. We often hear about the funding disparities. This is something that I've talked about both on my episode with Maggie and I believe with Kira, there's a funding disparity. So women-owned businesses typically receive an average loan size of 59K compared to 156K for male-owned businesses. Yet since 2020, women have accounted for nearly half of entrepreneurs, hitting 47% in 2022. This is where Settle steps up. You're building your brand. You're probably preoccupied with surviving because the number one reason why CPG brands fail simply is that they run out of cash. Settle takes the stress out of keeping your eye on your cash flow with cutting edge AI driven tools to manage your vendor purchase orders, payments, and you can access non-dilutive financing on a single intuitive platform expect competitive rates and holistic underwriting that delves deeper than just sales it's about understanding your business and goals inside out leave your spreadsheets behind and get strategic about cash flow with enterprise level tools so with array we use settle to finance a lot of our inventory for previous launches and specifically for constipation we use settle to fund basically the whole inventory order that we did which is a big deal because If you are a brand that's raising capital from investors, you don't want to use that money for inventory. And even if you are profitable, you don't want to be using the money in your bank for your inventory. It's much better to get it from a line of working capital. It's just better cash flow. It gives you better float. Discover how Settle is transforming cash flow into growth for founders while empowering women entrepreneurs in the CPG industry. Friends like Array and also Doe, Kia Ceremonia. Connect with Settle specialists today at settle.com slash Array. Again, that's settle.com slash Array. So one of the reasons we thought it was going to be so fun for you to be a part of this launch was actually because
1: I love to shit. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you know how you've talked about the fact that when you're on a first trip with a guy, you, you go have to shit in
1: the back. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more about
1: that? Oh, my God. So listen, we had to go here. After all (laughs) of my women's empowerment, confidence bullshit, this bitch will not shit in the house with a guy like I can't at all. And I go on if I go on a trip with a guy like I'm in the lobby, baby. Every morning I'm calling my mom and I just I can't I can't I can't do it with a guy around. Like, I'm sorry. I just I can't. So, yeah, (laughs) honestly, it's pretty fucking real. I just, like, it's the one thing that I'm just, I need separation. I don't. Privacy. Yeah, I need privacy. A healthy amount of privacy. And it's like, I i just like, I put my whole self online. The one thing I can't do is hear the person that I'm having sex with hear me shit. You know, like, it's just like, I just need one thing for myself, you know? Okay.
0: I wouldn't be the co-founder of Ray if I didn't bring up wellness. So I know you're a hot girl with stomach issues. Of course. <laughs> Do you have any tips for things that help?
1: I mean, Array, obviously. Gosh. Like, stress. Okay, have you guys read that book called The Mind-Gut Connection? It's an amazing book, and it really taught me a lot about how connected our brains are with our stomachs. So I try to be really mindful of my stress because I feel like it's a direct cause of like stomach pain, stomach issues. It's a really cool book. I would highly, highly recommend it. And just like knowing yourself sounds kind of cheesy, but like just noting down, like what foods make you feel gross or like, you know, that you get constipated or whatever, and then just take away.
0: Wellness tips for when you travel, because that I feel like just throws me off of my routine. Like we literally just got back after seven weeks of traveling and I'm exhausted.
1: I know, and I, I travel a lot. I always take off your makeup before the plane. I'm going on a red eye actually after this, and I'm gonna fully take everything off. Getting comfy clothes, compression socks. I'm very into. They're fantastic. A lot of water. Honestly, I I if it's a really long haul flight, I try not to eat on the plane because, it you know you think about all the digest, it just gets stuck in there. I don't drink on flights. The one time I don't drink, I know congratulations stinks and try to get movement. When you land, go for a walk immediately.
0: Do you have non-negotiables that you do even when you are on a trip? Like, are there certain things? Because I think the thing is with wellness, a lot of people put, we, we, we put too much pressure on ourselves. Okay. Like my morning routine has to be six hours long. No, it doesn't like just have one, one thing. So what's yours?
1: I always need to walk. I do my, I call them rich mom walks in my community. And no matter where I am, I go for a little walk, even if it's 20 minutes just to get a coffee or whatever. I really need that. I just feel, I feel like my limbs aren't stretched out if I don't do a little walk. So I always do that. But I really agree with you. I mean, like last year, I was so into my morning and nighttime routine. And even on my podcast, I did like a whole fucking episode about my morning routine. And you know what? This year, this January, it just I wasn't about it. This year, I'm having a really hard time getting out of bed. And like the only thing that I'm doing is like my cold plunge and like my journaling. And that's really all I can manage. I didn't do the 12 step thing. this, And it's like, that's OK. It ebbs and flows where you are in your life. You have to figure out the things that really make you feel good and stick to them. And the rest, it's OK.
0: Yeah. I think just being flexible is a really, really big part of wellness. Like I I think that putting so much pressure on ourselves, it's, it shouldn't be dogmatic. Like it sucks the soul away from you, you know, <laughs> talk to me about the rich mom phenomena. I, I got to ask because how did it even come about? It's It's incredible.
1: I honestly was just dicking around one day on TikTok and I was like, you know what I want to do is make a starter pack for rich moms in different areas. And I was like, everyone will think this is weird. No one will get it. And then it kind of blew up and it's been fun. I don't know. It's half satire, half aspirational. And it's just a little bit of fun. I need to do one. I haven't done one in in a long time. It's kind of like it's weird now. There's so much pressure to make them so good. I'm like, oh, God, I need to make it really good. I can't just I was just literally fucking around the first time I did. it. But that's that's how things always start. You know, the good things are always the off the cuff things. And then all of a sudden you're four years later and people are like, when is the next rich mom? And you're like, ah, so it's. The, the guides that you have to
0: go along, I feel like it's a mini guide to like whatever area you're covering. It's like, how do you even know so much about Any area.
1: (laughs) Well, I love a wreck. Like I am truly sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing being an influencer. And sometimes I'm like, no, I was born to be an influencer because I love a wreck. I'm the type of person like I won't enter a public bathroom if I haven't read a Yelp review about it. Like I love to know everything about everything. Like I don't want to know the restaurant in Mexico City. I want you to tell me the time of day to go what i should say to the chef what's on the secret menu and like where i should go get dessert after like that's my level of specificity that i require and that's what i like to give so i just like i don't know i always just love and i love to travel so i'm i just kind of know a lot a lot about you know and i also love rich people so again kind of a a confluence of all my interests
0: Okay. Before we move on to audience questions, my last question for me is how do you reset when you've been out of your routine for a while?
1: I love this question because I get so many panicked DMs and emails from girls being like, oh my God, it was, it was a, you know, I was on a bachelorette and like, I think that I'm like deformed now because I ate chips and margaritas (laughs) for three days. And I'm like, I've been there. I live there. Okay. Like we've all had that panic where you come back from like a girl's trip or a holiday weekend and you're like, my body is not a temple. My body is a trash can, and I am having a Menti B. But here's the thing. It only takes three days to feel in control again. Three days. So this is what you do. You get back. You're Sunday night. You're like shell-shocked. You're like, oh my God, what's going on? Oh my God. You literally, on a piece of paper, write Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever the days are. You say, I'm going to don't like try to work out a lot. That's the worst is when people are like, I booked double soul cycle tomorrow morning. I'm like, that will feel terrible after you've been having margaritas the whole weekend. Gentle walk the first day, maybe a light workout the second day, walk the third day, commit to a few things, like commit to drinking two liters of water a day, commit to cooking one of the nights, commit to having a salad or something that makes you feel good for lunch. And by the third day, you'll be like, oh my God, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nothing bad happens on a bender. Trust me, I've been on, literally a bender for the past 33 years it's fine you can get out of it it's all right this is very real
0: okay so prior to us recording out I asked the audience to send in questions not you guys so you guys are gonna have your turn right after I ask these but I have a few here so number one is actually the new friends one which I've already asked number two actually is how do you keep things fun in a relationship after the honeymoon phase is over
1: Mm, that's a good question. Well, I think it honestly has a lot to do with what we were speaking about before, which is like having a genuine like interest in your partner and what they're interested in is so sexy to me. And it makes you be so invested in them and it draws you closer together. I also think And I'm bad at this because I tend to get like so close and so casual so fast. But I do think like date nights and keeping traditions alive and still dressing up for each other and carving out time for each other in a real way, not just in a way like, oh, like, let's just get takeout like every night this week is so important. Like saying, oh, let's go, let's go do this thing together. Let's go to this art exhibit together. Let me take you to this restaurant I heard, heard about those things. Keep the romance alive.
0: Love. Can you share your worst date story?
1: Oh my gosh, there have been so many. I mean, the classic one is like, I was in San Francisco and this guy flew out to see me. By the way, whenever anyone flies out to see you, it's always a disaster. Like you get so excited, you like get your wax, you're so pumped up and then they get there and you're like, wait, I literally hate you. But anyway, (laughs) this guy came and- I was so nervous, and so we go wine tasting. Fuck, and we're like, I'm like, this guy is really annoying. Like, I don't know, like, where is he gonna sleep? Not in my house, Jesus. And we sit down to dinner, and he was pretty drunk, and I was pretty drunk at this point. And he looked at me and he goes, "You don't have much in the chest department, do you?" Stop! I I swear to fucking God. And I, I'm drunk, and I start sobbing. the The table next to us hears. They're like, "You're an asshole!" Like. It was just the entire restaurant, Tosca Cafe. By the way, shout out to Tosca. They really, really had my back in that one. I run out. Like he's the crying. Like he was like, no, it's funny. It's like Larry David. I'm like, you're not Larry David. You're just some random dude. So that was pretty bad. Didn't see him again. Uh, funnily enough.
0: Oh my. Okay, I'd be hard pressed to find something that beats that. Yeah. That's a
1: that's a good story. It was, though. It was a good story. Yeah.
0: Guys, I want to open up the floor for questions from you guys. Hi, hi. um, I called in when I was on my way to Chicago to direct my first episode and I met Kat through this. Oh my gosh, hi, uh, hi, I'm you, so that's I love that. Um, so my question is about female friendships.
1: Like, you talk a lot about kind of if you have
0: a friend that you're having trouble with, it kind of like fades back a little bit, yeah, but that gives me a little a little bit because so I was like oh like if someone has a problem with me I want to know about it so when do you advocate actually bringing up issues with your friends yeah the
1: fatal flaw okay yes so I have a theory let me just back up and explain my fatal flaw friend theory so my rule is that like every everyone has flaws and usually people have like maybe one thing that like we all do if your best friend has a flaw that you have identified let's say let's say they're perpetually late, they're perpetually late. That's just part of them. And it you have to either accept that, or like demote them as a friend, because what I can't stand is people bitching about the same thing over and over again, it's like, that's just their personality. Like, you at this point, you need to like, kind of shit or get off the pot, like literally, literally. Um, so and if it's their main flaw, like that was a bad example. Let's say they're a person who talks about themselves a lot and they like rarely ask you questions about yourself. You have to decide. And that's not something that you can really tell them. You can't be like, oh, this major thing in your personality is bothering me. Like if it's something small, you could approach them. So I think for your question, if you feel like it's something that they might actually change, if they're a self-aware person that is into self-improvement and cares and is receptive to feedback, then I would say definitely go for it. But if this is a thing that's been ongoing and it's just part of their personality, it's usually a fruitless situation to go into a talk and try to explain to them why this thing is like hurting your feelings. And that's just something you have to kind of feel out person to person. I've, I've done it both ways. I've had it where I've said, you know, Hey, like, this is really hurting my feelings that you like never ask about me, and we just talk about you for like two hours. And sometimes it goes well, and sometimes it doesn't. So, I really think it comes down to like, are they are they self aware, and also like, how much do you care about the friendship?
0: Anyone else questions? How do you help your friend um, cut somebody toxic out of their life when they're like asking for advice, but you feel like they're not?
1: Ah, that's so hard. That is so hard when they're like, I literally just, it's over and over and over again. And they're like, no, I need to stop. And you're like, yeah, you do. I think that sometimes it takes people a really long time to get to the point where they want to cut someone out. And sometimes people warm themselves up by asking the same thing over and over again to their friend. And look, that's what friends are for. But also, you're not a therapist, And you have to set boundaries. And sometimes setting boundaries with your friend is one of the most helpful things you can do for them because nothing wakes you up like your friend turning to you and saying, I love you, but we have talked about Jonathan for seven weeks and I know that he's no good and you know that he's no good. So I'm here to listen to you vent, but I don't really have any new advice to tell you because that shit wakes you up. And then you're like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I being really like, so?
0: Yeah, it's, it's sound advice. Kate. Hi. So I know you went to school in London. Yeah. I'd love to know your
1: kind of favorite distinctions between British culture and American culture, especially because everyone was probably watched solvent. Yeah, yeah. And we lived it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I loved growing up there. I love the British humor. I miss it. I still have it in my heart. And sometimes people think I'm being really mean. And I'm actually just trying to flirt with someone. I love how, I love the stiff, stiff upper lip that, you know, that Brits have. Like, it's it's really, truly, I, I, I think it's very admirable. And I kind of like their don't complain, don't explain vibe. That being said, I love that Americans are so unafraid to show their passion about things and like try really hard and you know i i feel very lucky because i i grew up in london and then i had college in america which was just the biggest difference of uh, like any two cultures that i could think of but i miss it i'm going home in two weeks and i really miss it i, I miss the food i know that's like unpopular but i love british food and it's just so much beans and okay. um i'm curious I, I think it's because I left home when I was 19 and I moved to a different country that I've always been very intense about keeping up my friendships. And it's work, but I I love it and I need it. And I don't know, maybe it's selfish, maybe it's because I love my friends so much, but I really do love to speak to them all the time and call them, text them, send them pictures. And, and it's also about like asking questions and really listening. And then separately, I think not putting too much pressure so I think you know when you're in your 20s and 30s and people start to get busy and move away and all this stuff then it feel it can feel like such a huge task when you haven't spoken to someone in a couple months and you know that you feel weird because they're your close friend, but you really don't know what's going on in their life. Like take that pressure off yourself and just pick up the fucking phone and call your friend and be like, I had a cheese sandwich today and it reminded me of you because you love that cheese sandwich in college. And they're going to laugh and be like, dude, I miss you. Like here's, you know, just take the pressure off. Not every phone call has to be a, a like a behemoth catch up and, and just like go point by point. Like how's work? How's boys? How's this? How's that? Cause it, then it feels like homework. Just, do what feels right and take the pressure off and send a lot of voice notes. Love that.
0: Uh, as someone who captures a lot of content for their social media, how do you balance being a content creator and also wanting to live in the moment without having your phone out all the time?
1: That is such a good question. I Gia Tolentino is one of my favorite writers and she said this thing about how like the best moments in life are the ones that like can't be recorded and can't be monetized. And since I've heard that, I've been really, really focused on like putting my phone away because it's hard. Like to be real with you guys, every single part of my life could be content or could be monetized. Like every meal that I have, I'm like, well, if I put this up, then this brand might say, you know, whatever, whatever. And since I heard her say that, I was like, the best moments in life are laughing hysterically with your friends when you have like tears coming out of your eyes, dancing to a song you love, cuddling your pet like those kind of real moments and so I, I i've been trying to do less and less i've been trying to just like get the content and then like put it away but i have a lot of work to go i have a lot of progress to make rather so it's one of my big goals for this year
0: thank Yay. you guys so much for coming this was awesome you guys brought really good energy it made me not nervous and thanks thanks for being such thank a you good for having
1: me. week and thank you thanks you to all of you <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at sifhider. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people. Learn and unlearn and have a lot of fun. See you next week.